Hello, everyone, and welcome to To Amest, a podcast by the Student Alumni Council. I'm your host, Will Oxtoby, and I'm excited to be taking a break from studying to be talking to you today. Before you hear my conversation with Cole Evans, I'd like to acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on UBC's Vancouver Point Grey campus, which is situated on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Musqueam people. I would also like to acknowledge that all of you are joining us today from many places near and far, and acknowledge the traditional owners and caretakers of those lands. Now, I'm excited for you to hear my conversation with our very own AMS president, Cole Evans. Cole and I discussed what his experience has been like at UBC, what the AMS is doing to support students during COVID-19, and what TUMEST means to him. I had a really awesome time talking to him, so I hope you enjoy our chat as much as I did. Now, without further ado, Cole Evans. All right. Thank you so much for being with me today, Cole. I'm super excited to have you here. Yeah, thanks, Will. It's great to be here. I'm excited. For sure. So let's get right into it. Um, I was wondering if maybe to start off, you could just kind of give us your quote unquote elevator pitch. You know, who are you? What brought you to UBC? Um, Kind of what motivated you to um, run to be the AMS president? Just kind of those things. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Cole Evans and my May fourth year, third third year standing, but fourth year student here at UBC uh, studying political science with hopefully a minor in history. Um, Originally from Calgary, so I mean, I know that our audience can't see it probably, but I'm repping the the flames right now on my head, which uh, I always try to do as much as possible. Um, And I guess for, you know, running for AMS president, you know, I I guess what motivated me is just sort of, you know, I, I really do think that these leadership positions um, in in student governance um, on campus, whether it be at the undergraduate society level or at the AMS level, you know, they they really do have a ability to create meaningful impact for the UBC community. And you know, I I've I've said this to multiple people before that I I really try and say that in a non cliche way. Because I feel like that's such a really common answer that, you know, it's just sort of pull it from the talking points book. Like, oh, I, I, I like what I do because I make an impact. But, but I, I genuinely think that, you know, university is such an important part of people's lives um, for a lot of reasons. You know, the, the learning parts, the getting to know friends part, the growing up part, the gain, gaining independence part. So it, it is really a privilege to be able to have a significant leader position, leadership position in that community and be able to make a difference and to make people's university experiences better, not only for my colleagues, but also for people that come after us to UBC that they will have a better experience and will continue to just progress from there. Um, and that's what really you know, makes it exciting and, and really you know, is a fulfilling experience for that reason. Absolutely. Um... I mean, being in a leadership position is, you know, fulfilling because you, it sounds cliche, but you get to see the impact sometimes firsthand. You know, somebody comes up to you, says, thank you for the work you're doing. That, you know, that does mean a lot. I can totally see that. Um, really quickly, what made you kind of choose UBC? Obviously, you know, I can tell you you're very passionate about the school. I think like a lot of us who are in leadership positions at UBC, but what exactly made you want to come here? Yeah, I, I remember back to my grade 12 year, um, and, uh, you know, just trying to figure out where to go. And, um, you know, I, I applied to a few different schools, um, you know, as similar to a lot of domestic students, 
um, here at UBC, I applied to sort of the, the big three, if you will. So UBC, U of T, and McGill. Um, and then, of course, a couple of backup schools in Alberta as well, just in case. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think what really sold me on UBC was just, you know, I, I came out, out to Vancouver um, and did a campus tour. Um, and there's just something about UBC and something about the city of Vancouver that, you know, was just exciting. Um, you know, the campus is, you know, everybody talks about how nice the campus is, but it, it, there's something about how nice the campus is that really like draws you in and like, you know, really creates this sense of like awe. And like, so, you know, that was, UBC was the first school that I toured. Um, and I know not everybody has the privilege of being able to to go and see all the schools that they apply to. But, you know, that was a really great experience that I had with my dad where we, where we checked out all these schools. And you know, there was just something about the, the UBC tour that sold me. Um, and, you know, because, and, and once you get to the point where you're deciding between McGill, U of T and UBC, I mean, you kind of have to start looking at the more, uh, the details more, right? Because they're all great schools. They're all top 50 ranked schools in the world. So, you know, start looking at like, what are the residences like? What are the facilities like? You know, what is the environment like? What is the city like? Um, and so I think when, when I looked at all those the combination of things, I mean, UBC was a clear choice. Um, and, you know, I don't regret the decision at all. I, I'm, you know, that's probably the best position to be in is, you know, I picked, I picked the right one and I'm uh, super happy that I did. Oh, for sure. It's funny, I actually had almost the same experience. I think I, I took a campus tour I want to say it was maybe in my grade 11 year, but I also came back in grade 12 to check out the school and the campus tour really sold me on that. I remember wrapping up the tour and it's being like, wow, this is where I want to be. I told my mom, I was like, I'm coming here. And, you know, here we are a couple of years later and uh, we made it, but now I'm actually the one giving campus tours. I'm actually a student ambassador. So I actually, I give the tours to students now. Um, and I feel very lucky to do that because it, it, it's circle. a cool position. Yeah, exactly. We come full, full circle. circle. So it's, it's interesting because, you know, one of the, weird things was you know I think back to like when I was in like junior high so like grades in Alberta that's like grades seven to nine um I, I distinctly remember there always being this like idealization that like UBC would be a great school to go to like I remember having that conversation with people and like it's just kind of weird that that's you know even like that was such a long time ago it's like oh it'd be really cool to go to UBC when I was like you know innocent naive and knew nothing about university um and then I ended up going there um, so that's, you know, it's funny how the world works sometimes. Completely agree. I think I had that same almost identical experience of saying, yeah, oh, you know, grade seven means like UBC is the place, you know, place I want to go. And then lo and behold, they end up here. And, you know, in a lot of ways, it almost lives up to what you imagine it to be. Obviously, it's, you know, it's a bit more nitty gritty than, than you might think about it than when you're in seventh grade and you think it's all going to be just having fun with friends and stuff like that. But it ends up being a lot of studying. But you know, the campus is always beautiful. The experience of learning with other people who are like-minded is always wonderful. So I think it honestly does live up to the hype in a lot of ways. Um, if you're cool with it, I kind of want to talk a little bit about your role as president right now. Absolutely. Let's do it. So what are your main goals um, during your tenure here as president? Um, it's only a, a one-year position, but what do you hope to accomplish during that time? Yeah, that's, that's a... That's a that's a very good question to ask, especially this year. Um, we like to, it's kind, of, it's kind of like, we like to joke internally as executives that this, is, this has been probably the worst year to be an AMS executive in probably recent memory, if not since, 
you know, I, I can't even think of when the next last recent time would have been to be a, the worst time to be an executive because, you know, it, it's kind of an, um, no, I'll, I'll, don't worry, I'll get, I'll get to the full goals in a second, but uh, <laughs> no worries. Um, you know, it's kind of, a, it's a very weird year um, because, you know, all of us, ex uh, except for Georgia, who um, ran our campaigns pre-pandemic, you know, all of our goals that we initially set out to do were, um, you know, not they, the the pandemic wasn't even in scope at that point, right? It was acting as a normal year, but you know what has happened is the pandemic has kind of come in and sort of turned that all upside down. Where you know seventy five percent of the work that we do now is all COVID nineteen related. So in the university advocacy, it's all COVID related. You know, operationally, it's all COVID related. So you know, that, and that's that's the big goal. What this this year has been is it's what can we do to respond to the pandemic in a way that's adaptive? How can we respond in a way that ensures that students are getting the services um, and support that they need? Um, and how can we make sure that when we come out the other end, which we're getting to the light of the end of the tunnel, which is exciting, um, you know, when we come out the other side, how as an organization, as the AMS, but also as the UBC community, you know, can we be stronger? Um, so that's, you know, that's been a huge focus the entire year, um, which, you know, we've been able to work pretty successfully on, um, at least from the executive level, you know, work really hard on it. Um, and, but at the same time, even though the pandemic has presented challenges and obstacles to getting some of those like original campaign goals completed, it's also presented a number of you know, really good opportunities to sort of um, set some of those campaign goals. It's like warp speed. Um, one of those, you know, for me, what was really important um, is the student engagement piece. Um, the AMS suffers chronically from poor student engagement. Um, you know, it, it's just, we've been uh, behind uh, over the last five, 10 years uh, as far as like really mobilizing on social media and, and figuring out what our the position of our brand is on campus so you know this you know going into this year before the pandemic again like it's something i really want to work on i have a really big passion for marketing and advertising and, and that kind of and that kind of stuff but what the pandemic has allowed us to do is is allowed us to shift almost all of our engagement almost entirely into the digital space which has really allowed us to build things like our social media and the way that we engage with students a lot quicker than if it was a normal year. Um, so that's that's been one of the the, the upsides uh, of this year is, um, is is being able to complete that a lot more efficiently because everybody's forced to be online. So it's a lot easier to grow and develop those tools. Um, and then, on, I mean, I could go on for a while, a while talking about every single thing they're working on, but the last thing I'll touch on is the work that we're doing this year on um, equity, diversity, and inclusion. Um, you know, it's this year has been such an important topic. Um, and, you know, we are um, really proud that we had actually started work on uh, equity before, um, you know, we saw all the widespread protests this year for Black Lives Matter and, and before the university sort of hopped on it, we were already on the ball. Um, so, you know, it was just sort of a natural fit this year that the work we've been doing and, you know, the, the big 
keystone of that work this year is the development of the AMS equity plan, um, which is going to really help set, you know, strong direction for the AMS as far as how we approach equity and how we ensure that across all of our operations that we have developed equitable systems. We've also been doing things like the working on anti-racism training, you know, next semester we're looking at, you know, launching material uh, to, to, you know, better support uh, marginalized students who might want to seek leadership positions in the AMS and other student organizations on campus. So a lot of exciting stuff there this year. And, you know, it's, it's incredibly important work and, you know, we're also learning a lot from the process as well, which I think is um, also, you know, super valuable as, a, as an organization as far as where we can improve and, and what we need to do to, you know, again, better deliver services to students. Absolutely. And I, th I think as a student, it it's very reassuring to hear that the people at the top, the executives are, are keeping this in mind. And I think it's important to think as well, or keep in, or just be cognizant of the fact that change doesn't happen in the snap of you know, the snap of fingers or in the term of one AMS president, right? So, you know, you guys are doing really important work, but I think almost the most important thing that I come from from your term is getting the ball rolling on this kind of thing and just setting up the next AMS president and the president after that to, to keep making changes, keep making meaningful changes. Because obviously we are somewhat limited in what change we can do right now, given that we are solely in an online virtual sphere at the moment. Um, but just the fact that we are setting up systems and setting up um, different support, uh, different ways to support students who might need that, um, I think is, is really awesome. And I, I'm, I'm happy to hear that that, that is like um, at the top of your mind is the forefront of what the AMS is working on. Um, definitely. Um, can we talk a little bit about kind of the nitty gritty of what the AMS is doing kind of um, in, re in regard to COVID-19? Because I think that is something that is important or not just important, but very important to a lot of students right now. Um, what are kind of some of the things that, you know, we talked about the fact that you didn't come into this role anticipating necessarily have to be the AMS president during a pandemic, but what have you done to, as you said, ad adaptively handle the pandemic um, and kind of ease this, um, this difficult time for students? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the, the big things that we focused on this year is financial aid. Um, you know, you know it's, it's a tough time for a lot of students. You know, you had people whose uh, internships were canceled over the summer. You have people who've been laid off from their hourly jobs. Um, you have families who have family members who've been laid off who have lost their jobs. Um, it's, it's been a difficult time for a lot for a lot of people and you know especially um, it's been a difficult time for for people's wallets um, so you know we've we've done pretty much everything we've, we we've we possibly could have done this year to um, make sure that there are robust financial supports available for students you know uh, and in total we've been able to work on over five million dollars in combined student aid programs uh, within for ourselves the with the AMS and in collaboration with the university, which is, you know, a really big pride point for us. Um, you know, we were able to do things like work on getting money from the incremental tuition surplus towards student aid. Um, we waive the AMS $21 athletics and recreation fee. We've set up subsidy programs for both the UPASS program, allowing students to, you know, pay reduced fair while also still getting the UPASS service that they need. Um, subsidy programs for our health and dental plan, um, you know, trying to make the mechanisms to, you know, 
navigating to these subsidy programs more accessible. So, you know, that's been a, a key focus for us um, is being able to support uh, students wherever they are and, you know, in a way that we can very directly do so, and that's financially. Um, the other the other big one for the students who are on campus is we've really, you know, done what we've what we can as far as safety in the nest. You know, the nest is really, uh, for those of you who are on campus would know that the nest is really the only building on campus right now that is that is open significantly. I mean, of course, there's the life building is open a little bit now and the libraries are, are open for booking, but the nest is is operational to almost to as normal as it can be. Um, and because we recognize that the nest provides, you know, a, an important service in itself to students where students come there to study, students come there to, you know, purchase, you know, food at an affordable price. Um, so, so it's important for us to be able to, how can we deliver that service that is the nest in a way that people feel safe using it? Um, you know, we were this is the first major organization on campus to announce a mandatory mask policy. Um, not that I want to take credit for this, but, you know, the university followed very shortly after. So, you know, I, I will, I will take, I will, we will take credit for forcing the university to implement a mandatory mask policy, whether we actually did or not. But, um, you know, we, that was a big thing for us was to, you know, take that, you know, leadership stance to say we're doing that. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been implementing distancing guidelines in the building, we've reduced seating, you know, we've, when we've had to, we've, we've you know, uh, cracked down on uh, capacity in areas like the gallery and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it, and it, it's not to say it hasn't come without its challenges. It's, you know, very challenging to operate a building of that size. And I think a lot of people don't realize how much logistical effort and needs to go into running, you know, a building with that much square footage. Um, but uh, I think we've been able to do a very decent job of, you know, doing what we can to ensure that that safety exists. And we've heard feedback from, you know, government partners who've come in to evaluate the, the building that they've been impressed with the amount of work that we've put into it. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I've, I've personally gone to the nest to, to study a few times during the pandemic and I, I felt quite safe there. Um, and I appreciate that you guys are making those efforts to kind of open up some spaces on campus for students to get out of the, get it, quote, unquote, get out of the house, whether that be your residence or your apartment or whatever, but just get around students again. It's definitely important. Um, what are you guys doing kind of to give students a platform to to kind of speak about what their experiences are during the pandemic? Because I think that's something that is pretty universal to almost every student in UBC is that there is like a struggle right now. I think a lot of people are struggling with mental health or with classes, whatever that may be. Um, how can students, or what would you say the AMS is doing to allow students to have their voices heard? Is there any sort of feedback platform you guys have? Um, any way for us to just speak about kind of what we've been having to, to deal with this term and maybe provide some suggestions for the coming term and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. And um, the big one that we did, and because you know at the AMS we, we deal very much with the masses and you know try and consolidate as much student data as possible um you know we we ran a survey in the summer our COVID-19 survey um, that we ran in partnership with the graduate student society and, and a couple of UBC units um and we we received an overwhelming amount of responses for that survey um and that and that collection of data has really 
you know, guided us in a lot of our decision making for what students need um, and how students are feeling about the pandemic. Um, so that was that was super successful and a big shout out to the Georgia's VPAOA team uh, for putting that together and working on that. Um, you know, I, I think that um, aside from that survey that we did, um, you know, we're always looking for for feedback from students. Um, you know, we love getting emails from people, you know, having questions or, or thoughts or ideas on on things. Um, we had a really successful town hall session at our annual general meeting where we got a lot of questions from students about you know, the pandemic and a lot of other things about the AMS. So, um, you know, that was that was great. You know, our social media, we've ran a couple of uh, campaigns that have, you know, focused around well-being during the pandemic. So, you know, there's there, we've, we've done a decent amount this year to engage students specifically on this issue. And again, you know, it being an unprecedented year, I don't think that there's, again, been a situation like this in recent memory where we've had to engage students so extensively on a single issue and sort of really get down to the nitty gritty of that single issue. So this year has been a really, you know, interesting year. And, you know, again, internally, we like to sort of call it, it's been like a wartime year almost for us, um, where, you know, it's, it's the same sort of feeling where everything that you do is somehow related back to this one thing. And, um, you know, and that's, and that has sort of created an environment where almost every sort of piece of feedback that we receive from people in some way or another also it ties back to um, you know the ongoing pandemic. Absolutely. I think um, any decision students are making these days is so tied in with COVID right now. I think, you know, I was just yesterday trying to make decisions about where I was going to end up living um, in the coming term. And I think a lot of students are also making those decisions right now too. And my decision ultimately, you know, has to be about um, you know, being where I feel safe and stuff like that. And, and it's all about COVID. You know, I realized like, Hey, if it wasn't during, if things weren't COVID, like I'd be back in campus doing all these kind of crazy fun things. Um, you know, meeting people doing everything I would normally do as a student, but one thing that's COVID stops all of that from happening. So, you know, I'm not shocked that it's the center of all your guys' decisions right now and all of the feedback you guys are hearing and everything, but you know, it is super, super important right now, unfortunately. Um, kind of to shift away a little bit, but still remain within the same bubble. Um, what does a daily, what does your day look like as the AMS president? What kind of, you wake up, what's the first thing you do? Um, what kind of things do you have to, to do during the day to, to fulfill all your duties? Yeah, I mean, the quick, quick short answer to that is, is absolutely ridiculousness every single day, it feels like. Um, it's uh, For some reason, I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's a tough job. It is, it is not easy. Um, it, every day is very busy. I receive emails upon emails upon emails every single day. Um, you know, my, very often my days are filled back to back with meetings starting around 10 AM all the way till around 5 PM. So, you know, it's not like I, you know, it's not like I have a lot of work. I mean, not like I have a lot of time to get, work that I want to do done sometimes there in the role of president. It's a lot of the time is, um, you know, you're there to sort of guide the organization. So a lot of it is supporting other people. Um, so, you know, for me, if you want, we want to talk a little, let's see, what's my, what's my everyday look like? So usually I get up and I try to get up as early as possible. If I haven't been staying up to the, uh, 
odd hours of the morning the night before, which I'm very prone to because I'm a total night owl. Um, you know, wake up, I'll usually have a meeting right away. Um, and, uh, you know, my, a lot of my meetings have, you know, are internal. So we're checking in on with our senior managers. We're checking in um, with some of our committees at our council level. Um, but we also have a lot of meetings that are university related. So I very frequently meet with, you know, UBC executives. So, you know, all the VPs, you know, I have monthly meetings with Santa. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's really, you really don't, until you are in a position where you are just, you know, always in meetings, you don't realize how critical meetings actually are to get to getting things done. Like you always hear about, oh, like, you know, like, of course, you know, all of your senior people in organizations just have lots of meetings because that's part of the job. But meetings really are what, you know, keeps things moving along, especially at UBC. So lots of meetings. Um, but, uh, but going back to sort of how I started off, you know, I, I think that, you know, being an executive is, is challenging. Um, it's, uh, I don't regret it at all. I enjoy every minute of it. I enjoy, I enjoy it. Um, but it definitely, you know, it's, it's something that you don't really understand completely how taxing, how emotionally draining, how, um, busy it is until you actually get in the position. So it, it's hard for me to explain sort of, you know, uh, all the nuances of it. Um, but it, it really is a position where you have to, you know, put in blood, sweat and tears to, to be successful. And, um, you know, and that's something that is tough sometimes, but it's also something that I'm also very proud of at the same time that, you know, it's a lot of hard work that, you know, pays off and, and we're able to, you know, deliver a lot of good results because of it. For sure. Um, pretty cool I, when you said meeting with santa every month i was like what Wait, this guy north pole what the heck i, I still can't get over <laughs> the name santa all, i love it um i love santa oh, no, and i think he it, i've only had a couple meetings with him but i you know are you meeting with him one-on-one -on -one every every month is that what you're saying yeah exactly so we so uh usually it's george and i who meet with him uh so it's two on one technically but uh um yeah no and santa's great you know he's he's very receptive to everything we that we bring to him and you know he's uh he's always just a phone call away for us. So, you know, they always do a really good job of, of fostering close relationships with AMS leadership. So, um, that's great. Yeah, de de definitely, uh, you know, definitely, definitely glad to have somebody like Santa in that position, which makes, makes our, makes our work easier for sure. Definitely. Definitely. I feel very fortunate to have Santa in that position as well. Just to, as we're kind of moving into the end of the, the show, um, what is one thing you think or you hope that every UBC student can take away from their experience here at the university? One thing, let's see. It's hard to pick one thing because there's a lot of things. I, I think that the number one thing I would say is important for, for students to take away from their experience at UBC is I'm, I'm, I'm sort of torn between experiences and, and friendships. I'm torn between the two. Experience is a bit more broad because I think you can count sort of friendships in with experiences, but experience is almost too broad to be, you know, real meaningful because of people that will, yeah, no shit, Cole, of course, experience is important. Um, so, so I can say with like your, your friendships and your connections, I think are sort of, you know, important thing. Um, you know, a lot of people are focused on academics, which is great. 
you know, academics are important, don't get me wrong. But, you know, part of what is going to live with you for the rest of your life is not what grade you got in that, you know, stats course or poly course. You know, what's going to live with you for the rest of your life are the friends and the connections that you made, you know, when in your time at UBC. That's that's what you're going to think back on and will probably still be interacting with people when you're 50, you know, and, and when you're 50, you're not going to be thinking about what your what your grades were. So, you know, I, I think that that's the most important thing is to, um, you know, to to really take those friendships, connections and, and sort of run with them and realize that, you know, those are friends that you're going to have for the rest of your adult life. And, you know, that, that the, the scope is different for everybody and that's okay. You know, there are some people who are, who have hundreds of connections on campus. Um, you know, I've been super fortunate in my time at UBC to have, to have met a ton of people who I would consider friends. Um, and, uh, but there's also some people who, you know, might only have a couple and that's okay too. And that's, it's also important for people to, to realize that only if you have one, two, three, four people who you really consider like those like strong connections, that's okay. Cause those are, those are still, you know, those, those are still those valuable connections that you will have with you for the rest of your life. And, you know, those connections might be not necessarily exclusive to just a single person, but they might be to an organization as well, to a club that you're a part of or to a research group that you're a part of as well. So, you know, that's what really makes university great and exciting is it's really the first time in people's lives where you are an adult and you are developing these relationships with people um that sort of form the building blocks of who you are and who you will be for the rest of your life so that's why i say the most important thing to take away from university is, is those are that's something that's absolutely invaluable and is never going to go away thank you for that yeah i i totally agree that it's really easy to get sucked into grades and you know how i'm doing in you know, x y and z class but ultimately you know it matters what we pass but i think it, it matters even more that you, you, come, you come away with the university, you come away from university with people you can rely on and connections you can, you can maintain for a long time to come and you know, feeling fulfilled by those connections and those friendships you've hopefully made. Um, last question before we wrap up here. Um, what does Tumest mean to you? What does Tumest mean to me? Well, I guess, uh, you know, when you, when you think of the literal translation of Tumest, and we're talking about like it being yours, you know, for, just from personal experience, you know, it's UBC as a, as a, as a post-secondary environment, um, you know, really enables you to be able to do what you want to do your, with your time here. Um, you know, the size of the school really allows students to, you know, no matter what your interests are, again, whether they be academic, extracurricular, you know, to be able to pursue those interests and be able to pursue those interests with other students who, you know, have the same uh, interests um, as you do. 
So, you know, if you're really into, let's think of a good, let's think of a good example. If you're, let's, if you're really into, you know, live music, there is a club for that. If you're multiple clubs for that, actually, but if you're, but there's this club for that. Um, if you're, you know, really into, um, let's say you're, you're, you're really into research in the biomedical field, you know, there are research opportunities for that. Um, if you're into leadership opportunities um, and growing your leadership skills, there are a ton of opportunities for that. So, you know, I, I think that's, you know, a big question that I get um, from a lot of people is, you know, how, like, how do you become AMS president? How hard is it to be AMS president? Um, you know, like I, it's something that I want to be, I want to be an AMS executive. And, you know, it, it, it absolutely, you know, takes some um, time and, and, you know, some, some building of, of political capital, but, you know, I was not successful um, right away when I jumped into student government. I, again, I, first election I ever ran at UBC, I lost. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of a funny thing that, you know, you, even though like the first time it didn't work out, there's, there's always still a path to, to be able to do something that you want to do. And that's not to say that I, you know, from the get go, I want to be a mess president. That's not true at all, but like, there's always a, a, there's always a path forward. And there's always, you know, a way to um, sort of achieve the objectives that you're looking to achieve. And, and that's sort of the, the, for me, the, another message that I would give to, to, to everyone is, you know, even if you try out for something or, you know, if you want to do something that doesn't work out the way you want it to, there's almost always another path there. And it's, it's up to you, um, you know, to be able to say, you know what, look, that didn't work out, but I'm still, you know, passionate about this and, you know, want to stay involved with something that I love doing. And so it's, it's your opportunity to be able to, you know, really grow and develop your university experience how you want to. And um, there's always going to be something for you to, to be able to pursue. And there's always going to be people to support you. Um, in doing that. So that's what I'd say 2MS means to me. Wonderful. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. That was a really candid, um, can, some candid thoughts on that. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to take up too much more of your time today. So I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. You know, we got a little glimpse into how busy it can be being at the AMS president. So I want to be a bit cognizant of that and just say a huge thank you for taking the time to, to talk to the students directly, hopefully, and to take the time to, you know, help out the SAC here. So thank you. Probably had lots of fun and feel feel free to have me back anytime. Yeah, man. You know what? I think we could certainly take you up on that in the near future, buddy. Thank you okay. so much. Thanks, Will. That was my conversation with Cole. I hope you all enjoyed that and learned a thing or two about what the life of the AMS president actually looks like. Thank you, Cole, for taking the time out of your day to talk to me. It was truly a pleasure. The music featured on this episode of TUMS is by UBC Music for Mental Health a UBC-based group that works to raise awareness and fundraise for mental health issues by telling stories through their music. Check out their Facebook page, which is linked in our episode description for more info. 
thank you to Eric for editing this episode, and as usual, the rest of the Student Alumni Council for their ongoing support. The team and I can't wait to talk to you again in the new year. And until then, I wish you all a very happy holidays, as well as a safe and restful winter break.